Well, pray with me. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, that certainly is, um, is very inspirational for us to think in terms of seeking you out and asking God, would, would you bring a revival to us? God, that, that would we have such a heart for other people that we would desire for them to experience and, and know your best? And would we be willing to get involved to, to help them experience that? God, I pray that you would just be growing us as people. God, whether there's somebody here that has little or no faith, or God, whether there's somebody that's here that just is a, is a veteran of the faith, I pray that you would grow us all so that we would be able to have this unshakable faith. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, last week we started this series called Unshakable. And as we started the series, we started talking about what it means to have an enduring faith, that, that we would have a, a faith that would get us through no matter what. Because this un, unshakable faith is a, is a faith that endures e even when blank or in spite of blank happening, that, that even when that difficulty takes place, that we would still have a faith. That, that one of the things we looked at last week is we looked at what's, what's the greatest way for us to honor God. And one of the greatest ways for us to honor God is by trusting him, that, that we would trust him. That our, our greatest way to, to honor God isn't about just getting more knowledge, but it's about that, that we would trust him. We'd be willing to follow where he leads and, and what he says and how he guides. We looked last week as well as, as where Jesus was amazed. That there's only two times recorded in the Bible that Jesus was amazed. And, and both of those times that Jesus was amazed, it, it involved the faith of other people. And on, on one occasion, it, it was a faith, very surprisingly, of a Roman, a Roman soldier. And that Jesus was amazed by his great faith. And the other occasion was the Jewish people, the people, the Israelites, that, that should have had great faith. But they had the absence of faith. And that Jesus was amazed at the absence of of their faith. And as we're looking at this series, Unshakable, what we're going to be doing is we're going to spend a total of six weeks on this. We're going to have a, have a little break in between, but, but we're going to, to look at this for, for a total of six weeks, and we're going to be looking at what, what is it that God's using to grow our faith? That, that what are these things that, that if we were to just stop and, and open our eyes and open our minds and our hearts that we would see that God uses to grow our faith? We, we, we had fun last week, if you were here, just to remind you of this. If you weren't, then you'll just get to hear about it. But we played a family feud together. It was a fun little exercise, and, 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 and Jorge was leading us through all of that. And, and it was really about trying to answer this, this one trivia question. And that is, what gets better when it's shaken? And, you know, we, we got to see the number one answer was salad dressing. Probably all of us go, oh, yeah, much. yeah you got you to shake that. You know, but, but we saw ketchup, we saw hairspray. I mean, we just saw some whipped cream, shaving cream. You know, we, we saw these different things. But really, what we didn't see was, was the greatest answer of them all. And what is it that gets better when it's shaken? It's faith. And as much as we can know that, any of us that have experienced this, we still don't get to the point where we just say, God, God, will you just shake me today? That, that, that we don't do that. We, we, we don't ask God to do it. But yet what we know and what we realize through experience is that, that, that when we've been shaken, without getting shaken loose, when we've been shaken, it grows our faith. 
And so today we're going to just continue down this path of unshakable and we're going to be looking at getting practical, that, that we want to get practical. So let's get practical is what we're going to be talking about today. I, I want to start with a question. And the question is, how much does believing matter? It's, it's, a, it's a question, you're like going, it's a trick question, it's a real question, you know what? But, but just think about it. how much does believing matter? How, how weighty is that to, to, to believe? So let me give you a few examples as we try to understand how much believing matters. So whether you're in the thick of pursuing education right now, maybe you're a parent trying to help some kids through education or, or whatever, wherever you're at with that, just, just follow this thought process with me. I, I wonder if you, like me, if you would believe that the more we prepare for a test in advance and when we get projects done ahead of schedule, that the chances are that we're going to do much better, better with our education. I, I, I think most of us would kind of go, yeah, I kind of, kind of agree with that. I, I, I think that would be, yeah. I, I wonder how many of you guys believe like what I do that if we say no to some opportunities that come along, they would interfere with us working on our project or working on studying. If we would say no to those, we'd sacrifice some, some fun things now that, that really our, our education would really pay off if we would sacrifice and say no now and, and, and wait and delay to do those till after we've tried to get through what we needed to get through. And, and, and I, I think you guys would agree. I, I think also when it comes to our education, You'd probably agree with me as well that, that, that if we would focus on, if, if we would take time and we would just, just focus on what needs to be done, that we would just kind of block out and we would focus on it and, and we would work at, at preparing ourselves for what we need to be doing and what we need to be learning, that, that we would be much better off with our education and we would, we would get further with our education and not just in, in, in what we do and accomplish, but also what we actually know and how we can begin to apply that out. And I think all of us would probably agree with almost everything I've said, if not everything on that. But, but is believing enough? Can you just kind of believe those things? Well, I, I believe if I would study for a test, and I believe if I would get a project done but before it was actually due, and I believed if I said no to, to some opportunities and made some sacrifice, I believe if I focused that that, 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 would, be, that, that would work. And so can't I, just, can't I just believe that and not actually have to do any of it? Wouldn't that be great? What about when it comes to um, our, our, our health choices? That, that Again, follow me if you will. That, that most of us, I think, would agree that, hey, if, if we would be willing to set our alarms early and go do a workout and that we would take our diet more seriously and that we would drastically eliminate, uh, drastically reduce or eliminate just sugars and, and carbs, that, that we would probably be healthier with that exercise and, and that strict diet. And, you know, that, that, that if we could just, just get our mindset geared in that direction and, and just kind of flip a switch in our mind and go, okay, yes, I, I believe that. And, and, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commit to doing that. Would, 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 that be, would that be enough for us to all of a sudden just start dropping the fat and building the muscle and, and just being healthier? You know, if we were to just uh, believe that, if we just increased our, our protein intake and our vegetable intake and while we reduce that other sugar, that, that that 
that would really do it. And, and most of us, I think, if not all of us, believe all those things. But is believing that enough? And can we just all of a sudden be healthier and, and, and drop the weight and gain the muscle mass just because we believe these things? One, one more, finances. I, I, I think that most of us would believe this, that, that if we would just get rid of all consumer debt, in other words, that, that, that whatever toys we bought, whatever we had, whatever we did, whatever we wore, that, that we would only acquire those things that we can actually afford, afford to pay for when we get them. That, that, that if we only went on a vacation that, that we didn't have any debt for when, when that vacation was done and over with. That, that, that if we could do that and live that way, that we would have financial freedom. That we could eliminate a lot of financial stress. If, if we would be people that, that, that if we could do this, if we could say, hey, I want to have an emergency fund and I also want to have months worth of savings of, of living expenses saved up just for just in case. I, I, I want to live on less and, and I want to be able to invest for my future. M- most of us would believe, hey, those would be great financial practices and, and it would give us a lot of freedom and, and we'd be able to sleep better at night. But, but is believing that enough? And so when we ask this question, how much does belief matter? It, it really puts that into perspective. That, that, that belief isn't doing for us as much as maybe what we thought believing actually does. And if we all, if all it took for us was, was that we would believe all the right things, if, that, if that's all it took, if we would just believe the right things to make our lives better, then all of us would have better lives, wouldn't we? If, if all I gotta do is believe that, that and, and our lives would automatically be better, we would all be having better lives. But for the most part, we don't have a belief problem. For the most part, we have a putting into practice problem. For the most part, we believe a lot of good things and the things that we believe for the most part would probably be good for us. But for the most part, we lack putting into practice these very good things that we believe. Because if we would just practice what we believed, then, then we would be healthier with our bodies, we'd be healthier with our finances, we'd be healthier with our relationships, we, we, we would be healthier people. And, and Jesus, he knew that believing isn't, enough. And that's where we're going to be going today as we look at this, this getting practical and, and let's get practical together. Because what Jesus knew is that, that belief or believing is a starting point. And, and, and Jesus knew this. It, this is a start. This is where we get started. We start with our belief, but it's doing that makes the bigger difference. That belief is a starting point, but it's doing that makes a bigger difference. And this is what Jesus knew. When our behavior doesn't match our beliefs, our, our, our dreams aren't going to come true. We've got to behave toward our beliefs if we're going to see our dreams come true. That belief without behavior, it prevents us from our dreams. 
And that we've all got some dreams, we've got some things that, would, that we'd love to see take place, we'd love to see happen. And, and, and for some of us, we go, and, and, and I believe it can, I, I believe it will. But without putting things into practice, we're not going to see that dream come true. And when it comes to faith, faith that is limited by belief without behavior, well, that is a faith that will eventually become feeble, become frail, and even fail. It becomes so fragile if we just believe, but we never do. We never put anything to action. And I think what Jesus wanted his 20, what he wanted his first century followers to know is something that he wants his 21st century followers to know as well when it comes to faith and what we would do with it. And so when it, when it comes to our, our time and, and our talent, when it comes to our health, our happiness, our finances, our faith, that, that there's something about letting belief only be a starting point and, and moving beyond that that Jesus really wanted us to know. That Jesus didn't invite us to believe things. He invited us to do things. The, 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 the invitation never stopped at just believe. Just believe these things. That was just a starting point. Because what you and I have been invited to is you and I have been invited to be a doer of the things that Jesus taught. And that when we become a doer of these things, our faith is going to grow. And it will grow to a place where it will be an unshakable faith. That Jesus didn't just invite us to believe him. It was extremely important. But he didn't invite us to just believe him. He invited us to Follow him. And to, to believe in him, it's like I've said, it, this is just a starting point. But, but to follow him, this is a growth point. That when we look at this idea of believe in me, when Jesus would, would say this, this, this is a lot less intense. It's, it's a lot less demanding to just believe in him or to believe what he taught and what he said. It's, it's far more demanding, it's far more intense to actually follow through and do what Jesus was teaching. Because believe is a no change required invitation. For us to just believe something, there's no change required for us to, I, I, I believe that. But doing will require some changing that we would be willing to do. So I have a question. I also want you to ponder this one with me. What fuels an unshakable faith? What, what is it that fuels that? What, what, what is it that just drives that? What is it that, that, that grows an unshakable faith? faith that we would have? What gives energy to it so, so that it would endure, so it would grow, so it would get bigger? What, what, what would do this? And, 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 and it's faith that, that actually shows up when, when, when tragedy strikes, when, when, when the hardships happen, when, when the heartbreak is here. 
that kind of faith. And so really we could put it this way. When God's faithfulness is seen through the lens of faith, our faith grows. Because God is faithful. But it's going to take seeing that through a lens of faith that God hasn't given up, God hasn't stopped, God's still active. It's seeing it through a lens of faith, his faithfulness, that causes our faith to grow. And it's practical teaching that exposes us to God's faithfulness. It's, it's, it's when we get to see what, what is it that Jesus is laying out for us, that, that God really is laying out for us to be able to see and follow. Because a relationship with an invisible God requires trust. We're, we're going to have to trust. Trust is the currency of relationships. And so we're going to have to trust this invisible God that we cannot see. So we're going to be looking at two places in our Bible this morning. We're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 7. We're going to be looking in James chapter 1. And in Matthew chapter 7, it's at the tail end of the most famous message that Jesus ever gave. In fact, it, it got, got a name. It, it, it got known as this thing. And we just kind of refer to it this way. And we call it the Sermon on the Mount. As he's on the mountainside, he's just teaching. All these followers are just kind of listening. People that are not even necessarily followers yet, they're just listening, observing. Hey, am I going to follow this? And he certainly taught with somebody with authority and wisdom. And so they're just listening. And through this Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, Matthew 6, Matthew 7, through this, we get to see this long set of Jesus' most practical instruction. Almost 20 different instruction sets for life that Jesus lays out for us as far as our, our attitudes through life. We call them the Beatitudes, and, and he starts there with this Beatitude. He teaches us how to pray, teaches us how to fast. He, he talks to us about, hey, this, this is what you need to do when it comes to giving to somebody in need. When a person strikes you on, on the cheek, what do, you, what do you do? You give them the other cheek. It doesn't really sound very practical. It seems more practical to kind of bow up, right? But, but Jesus is saying, no, that, that's what you need to do when, when you see somebody in need. Don't just give them what they've asked for, but give them even more. Give them, give them even the coat off your back. But he, but he goes through and, and does this long list. As the, we, eye for an eye. We, we, we see this being laid out and what Jesus had to say there. This, this instruction about, hey, if, you're, if your right hand causes you to stumble, anybody remember this practical instruction? Jesus said to do what? To what? To cut it off, right? It, it, it's, it's what he said. It, it, because if it's not there... You can't use it to do something wrong and practically just cut, cut it off. And um, I do want to give this warning as I emphasize this point. I really don't want anybody going away from here and cutting off their hand and showing up at the doctor. And the doctor says, what happened? Well, if you'd heard my pastor's message this morning. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't want you to go. But this practical instruction, because if, if that's not there, then you can't be doing something wrong with it. And if you can't control it, then maybe you need to get rid of it, was what Jesus was telling us. And so, so he's got this Sermon on the Mount, and he just covers so many different practical instruction. He even talks about marriage and divorce, talks about anger and murder, and just talks about how these are really kind of closely related, and all of this practical instruction. And when you follow the practical teachings of Jesus there will eventually be a reward. That, that, that this reward is, is eventually going to come 
when we follow these practical teachings, and it, it could be a reward that happens in this lifetime, and it might be a reward that doesn't happen until eternity. It could be that that reward is for you, or it could be that the reward really isn't for you, but it's, it's for somebody else. If we would be willing to follow Jesus' practical instruction. And in order to experience God on a deeper level, we all have to be willing to go beyond believing God. And we have to get to the point where we actually follow the teachings that God has given us. And so in Matthew chapter 7, we'll start in verse 24. At the very end of Jesus laying out all these different practical things, practical instruction, he says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into belief is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Oh, wait, maybe you caught that. Because it really doesn't say belief here. It says put into practice. But yet so many of us that are familiar with this teaching have walked away from it thinking, well, if I just believe. And Jesus never laid it out that way. He laid it out very clearly. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Isn't it interesting what Jesus didn't say? Because what Jesus didn't say is he didn't say, hey, anyone who believes these words of mine. He, did, he didn't say that. He didn't say anybody who agrees with these words of mine. He, he didn't say that. He didn't say anybody who just kind of, hey, on, on occasion you'll remember these. It's, it's not enough to, to remember them. It's anyone who puts these teachings, these words of mine, into practice. This is what he focused on. He says they build their house on rock, on a solid foundation. And then when we look at this and, and see this, what, what we can understand is doing, not just believing, is what shapes our faith. It's, it's what are we doing? Because doing, not just believing, this is what shapes our faith. And there's going to be times that it's as if Jesus is saying, he's saying, will you trust me even before you'll know the outcome? That he's saying, will you trust me even when the outcome is different than what you desire? Will you trust me? So let's get to verse 25. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew, right? And it beat against that house, and yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. That, that, that its foundation wasn't on belief. Its foundation was on the dew. That, that a foundation that's built on not just what you believe, but what you do 
that is a more solid foundation. And Jesus shares what happens when, when we don't build on that solid foundation. He says, but everyone who hears these words of mine does not put them into practice is like the foolish man who built his house on sand. The rains came up, the streams rose, the, the, the rains came down, I said up. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. That, that, that it fell, it, it collapsed and, and it crashes. And faith that only believes and it never grows to actually do, that is a faith that's going to fall with a great crash. I mean, don't we all know people that, that have had a belief? Maybe, maybe the person's in the mirror. I don't, I don't know. But don't we all know people that they've had a belief, but yet they didn't put any of what they believed into practice? And their faith came down with a big crash. It's because a, a faith that only is based on belief and not on doing is a faith that's going to be feeble, fragile, frail. And that kind of faith will end up failing. So don't live your life that way. In a way that you go, well, I, I, just, I just believe. It, it's interesting as I think through some of the people that their, their faith had just got to the place where it was frail and feeble. and That, that for them, I, I, I can just imagine some of these conversations, remembering some of them. And conversations with people. I can't tell you how many times this comes up. Well, I just believe. And they will defend what they believe about God. But yet they never have any significant action of doing anything with what they believe about God. And it's why that this action is so important for us to do something with our faith. And I think it's the reason that, that many end up giving up. It's because they never put it into action. It never gained any traction for them to even have a foundation. When Christians don't live out what they say they believe, it, it keeps them from having a, a certified faith that our faith is really, it's certified when we begin to do and behave in, according, in accordance with what it is that we believe about God and what we believe because of what's taught in Scripture. So let's get to James, James chapter one. We'll go to verse 22. James said, and this is the, the half-brother of Jesus, he says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. That James knew that there would be something about, hey, if we just listen and we just stop at kind of believing that, that we're going to end up deceiving ourselves, that we have to actually do something with it because believing can be deceiving. That it really can be. That we end up being, we believe it and we get deceived by it. And so what we need to do is we need to act on our belief. And when we do that, that is faith 
in action when we act on what we believe. That we aren't blessed by what we believe. We're only blessed by what we do. No, no, nobody believes something. Oh, I'm, just, I'm just so much better off in life because I believe that. We're blessed because of what we do. Jump a couple of verses forward with James. James chapter one, we'll go to verse 25. He says, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed by what they do. But it's not until we do it that we're gonna get blessed. I, like most of you guys, I started out my bicycling career with training wheels. I don't remember exactly when dad put me in training wheels, but, but maybe I was probably about four years old. And I, and, I, and I started riding my bike and had those training wheels. And I eventually got pretty good, even though they kind of kicked back and forth, you know. And, and, and I eventually got, got pretty good at it. In fact, I was still on those training wheels when my dad's mom, my grandma, came to visit us. And when she saw my bike as a nine-year-old still had training wheels on it, she was mortified. I mean, I, I think she wanted to disown me. I mean, get this. I, I was the only male grandchild. And I was the only grandchild that did not learn to ride their bike at a reasonable age. And, and, and I, I think she was ashamed. And, and maybe part of why she was ashamed is because not only was I the only male grandchild that she had, the deal name was going to end with me unless I reproduced another male that would reproduce. And she's looking at me and, and this bike and she's mortified, you know, and I, I, I believed that I could ride my bike without training wheels. I tried it a couple times. It didn't have much success, but I, but I believed that I, that I could. I, I, I just was more comfortable with my training wheels that, that really were no longer a set of training wheels for me. They, they were just the wheels that I just depended on for me to just ride my bike. And my grandmother, as she came to visit and saw that, she told me, and she never likes to stay very long, and she told me, she goes, Will, I'm not leaving until you learn to ride that bike. And it was my grandma who went and took off the training wheels on my bike. And it was my grandma that, that took me outside with that bike. It was my grandma that held the, the back of the seat and began to run with me. And I was okay with that. It was the, it was the shove and letting go that I wasn't very good with. In fact, when, when she shoved and, and let go and released me, that it, was, it was when I got very intimate with the pavement <laughs> on multiple occasions. And, and, and I, I made some sacrifices. I, I, I donated some of my skin to that pavement that I really didn't want to be doing. But my grandmother, she was insistent. And, and her belief of me being able to ride my bike was greater than my belief of me being able to ride my bike. And it was what she was willing to do to make sure 
that I was going to ride my bike. It was her doing that was greater than my doing. But belief wasn't enough for her and belief wasn't enough for me. We had to get to the point of do. And, and, and for me to get to the do where I was doing, it took my grandmother having a belief in me of what I could do and an insistence that I get there quickly that happened. That was very pivotal. And, and we're going to actually be talking about that in the future with this series. But as we think about this practical teaching, my grandma got real practical with me. And, you know, my grandma, if I'm being honest, I probably as well can only stand so much of her as well. And so when uh, she told me that she wasn't leaving until, it motivated me a little bit. So I learned how to ride my bike. I learned how to be more than a believer to being a doer. And people... People who listen to the teaching of Jesus, people who believe in Jesus, but they don't do what Jesus taught, eventually, they will either blame God or stop believing in him. This is how important it is that we don't just believe God but we do what he taught. Because when we do what he has taught, that we won't be as likely to blame him. And we certainly won't stop believing in him. We won't walk away from him because we will experience him on a whole nother level. Last passage here, getting back to the end of this Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, 28 and 29. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. So their teachers, they would just pull out the scrolls and they would just begin to read scripture and really not teach much with it. But Jesus gave so much practical instruction. In fact, there's practical instruction that Jesus has given that, that this world doesn't even know that he's the one to be credited with it. There are people that have, that have never cracked open a Bible. There are people that have never darkened the door of a church, but yet they understand the idea of the Good Samaritan. They just don't understand that Jesus was the one who used that in a practical teaching and sharing with us that, that yes, we, we need to be the, the good Samaritan. There are people, again, that never darken the doors and never open and crack their Bible open, and, but yet they can refer to and understand what the prodigal son is. And again, here's a, a time that Jesus was just teaching a lesson and making it really practical and just laid out a storyline so that we could understand some truth. Listen, one day a storm is coming. That's what Jesus was warning us. That the storm is coming. And it's the wise person that takes the words that Jesus shares and 
puts them into, doesn't just believe, but puts them into practice. They're the one who's, what they build, that's going to survive the storm. But if we just believe and don't put into practice, it's building on the shaky, shifty sand. And what we build is gonna come crashing down. There's a pastor that I really like to follow. It's such an incredible ministry and he's a great leadership coach. His name's Andy Stanley. And I wanna share with you something that he said. Following Jesus will make your life better and make you better at life. It's, it's a win-win. That when we follow Jesus, it will, it will make our lives better and it will make us better at life. I wanna drive this home and give you something that I, I think really could let this be an impactful thought. And it's, it's this idea of, of thinking of, of paint. And really what I want to do is I, I want you to think about truth and how truth is like paint. Because truth is like paint because of this. It's real value is established through application. That, that the value of paint, it, paint doesn't do any good when it just stays in the can. Paint doesn't do anything. And you begin to apply it. That's where the value of paint is found. And I'm telling you, truth is the same. The value of truth is, is not in believing something. The value of truth is, is, is not in knowing something. The value of truth is when we apply it. When we do something with the truth that Jesus has shared with us, that's the real value. And practical instruction, it leads us to putting instruction into practice. And that's why we need to, to get practical. Because it's, it's, it's getting practical and following the, the practical lessons, the practical teachings of Jesus. This is what grows our faith. Because believing, believing is just a starting point. Doing is a growth point. Doing is what matters. I wanna leave you with two questions. They're not gonna be on the screen, so you're just gonna have to take note of these. Two questions that I really would love for you to go through the exercise of thinking through these, pondering these. This week is after you leave here. This first one is what instruction from Jesus do you need to start putting into practice? What, what, what's that thing that, that, that you just know, he, he's taught it. You're like going, yeah, I don't know if that's for me. I, 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 I believe that's probably best, but, but I'm just not willing to do it. What instruction from Jesus do you need to start putting into practice? And the second one, 
is what teaching needs to move past belief. You're going, I'm there. I, I, I believe, I believe, I believe it. What teaching needs to move past belief into application? That, that you would begin to, to apply that. Because the real value of truth is in the application. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you sent your son for us. And Jesus, that you would come and you would sacrifice your life for us. But you spent three and a half years before you did that uh, publicly just sharing and teaching and giving us these practical instructions. God, grow our faith in such a way that we wouldn't allow these instructions to be things that we just agree with, things that we just believe. But that these would be things that we would actually do. That we would put this into practice and that we would build our foundation on the rock of doing what you've called us to do. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen.